Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX HockeyCast. We are on episode 39, and this is a special first time ever. I've done two hockey casts in one week, I think, question mark. But um, yeah, the trade deadline is now over, and as per usual, as I expected, right after I finished doing the podcast on Wednesday and uploaded it, a whole bunch of trades came through, and I was like, fantastic. So I decided that this week I'm going to add an extra gamer cast. There was already going to be an extra wrestle cast because there's going to be the AEW Revolution pay-per-view is on Sunday, I believe it is. So there's going to be a review of that, so... I'm going to have to sacrifice a gamer cast on Monday. I'm just going to have too much on my plate, so I'm just I didn't have much time to get together a a nice episode of the gamer cast, but if anyone has a good suggestion of a old game maybe that they would like me to talk about, one of their old favorites, I'm down for uh, any old suggestions or something like that. Absolutely. You can hit me up on Twitter or YouTube anything like that. Links are in the description down below. But yes, all the trades started rolling in after I uploaded it, so I decided that we'll just do uh, an extra podcast and I'm just going to go through all the trades that went down since the last podcast on Wednesday and up until the trade deadline today on Friday. So I'm, I'm recording this at 22.07 p.m., so hopefully not a whole lot of anything trickles out after I upload this one. If it does, so be it. We'll talk about it next week, but let's start... With Okay, so I left off with the Colorado Avalanche picking up Lars Eller. So we're going to start with the March 1st, the Carolina Hurricanes acquiring defenseman Shane Gostisbehere from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2026 draft. So I really like that pickup there for Carolina. Gostisbehere has found a really nice home for himself there in Arizona. He's been quite good, uh, maybe a little hot at the beginning, but I think he's been very consistent and... I think he would be uh, basically your budget Eric Carlson pickup for this trade deadline because as of now, Eric Carlson has not been traded. So I like that pickup there for Carolina. I, I don't know where exactly he fits in. I mean, Brett Burns appears to be their their number one power play guy. So mostly Carolina is looking for more offense and Shane Gossespierre is a offensive defenseman. They're looking for... That, that was a big problem for their playoff run last year was a, just a dry, complete drying up of their offense in the playoffs. So they'll take what they can get, and there wasn't a whole lot of options. Some people thought that they would go after JVR, but JVR, another guy that was kind of rumored, a lot of talks of him getting traded. He did not move at the trade deadline as of me recording this. So Carolina picking up Shane Gossespair. I like that pickup. They made another pickup on trade deadline. We'll get to that later. But the Vancouver Canucks make a very interesting move. They kind of Canucked. Again, they were doing something uh, that they haven't done in a long time. They actually used the rebuild word. Uh, At least Tockett did, apparently. He used the rebuild word. And they started picking up first-round picks, and they started selling off some assets. And it was like, oh, okay, they're actually maybe starting to commit to a rebuild. And then they pull off this trade. So the Vancouver Canucks acquired defenseman Philip Hronick and a fourth-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a conditional first-round pick in the 2023 draft. So as far as I know, that's not their first-round pick. It's, um... Uh, I'll get into it. Okay. Um, And they also pick up a second round pick in the 2023 draft. So very interesting. I mean, Hironic is a a fine defenseman. I mean, he's fine. It's just like, that's not really the kind of guy that 
I mean, apparently this is the kind of guy Vancouver is going after. They're looking for those like 23 to 25 year old young Fords that maybe if they give uh, get an elevated role, they can shine. But Hironic is a 25 year old defenseman. I mean, he's had a really good um, dra- or a year, sorry. But uh, the Red Wings receive a conditional first round pick in the 23 23 draft, which. Canucks acquired from the New York Islanders trade when they traded away Bo Horvat. So that pick could be, I mean, the Islanders could still make the playoffs. So that could be a, a later teens or an early 20s pick still. Like I said a million times, this is a deep draft. So there is a good chance that a quality player could be selected with that pick. So very interesting that they're doing that. Uh, adding Hironic onto, into their lineup right now makes them a better team, which kind of is questionable because they actually looked like they were going full in on the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So adding Heronic is really weird. So again, this, this just adds in a whole bunch more uh, question marks for what the hell are the Canucks doing in the future? Like, what is their plan? I thought they were going for a rebuild. They started picking up draft picks and then they're now they're trading first round picks and picking up defensemen that are 25 years old. Like, if, if by chance, even if the Vancouver Canucks... If this is a full rebuild, then it'll be like three to five years or something, three to six years. Hronik's going to be 29-ish years old. Like, I just don't understand it. It's it's really a questionable pickup here for the Vancouver Canucks. So, Canucks fans listening out there, how do you feel about Philip Hronik being added to your roster? I mean, I would be very confused. I'd be like, I at this point, if I was a Canucks fan, I'd just want to be... As, as much as possible, I want Connor Bedard, like more than anything. I mean, he's the hometown guy that could very well be the savior of the Vancouver Canucks. So very weird move for the Canucks. We'll see how that one plays out. We'll see who gets selected with that first round pick. So sadly, it's, it's going to be hard for a lot of these trades to find out who wins and loses the trades because a lot of them have draft picks involved. So we're not going to find out for quite a long time. If or what if those draft picks are going to turn into, into if they're going to turn into quality players regardless. It still doesn't make sense for the Vancouver Canucks, in my opinion. So the Ottawa Senators acquired defenseman. Finally, he is out of Arizona. I thought maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs would be able to snag him or something, but no. Ottawa Senators acquired Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a first-round pick in 2023 a second round pick in 2024, and a second round pick in 2026. So there you go. That is the Senators basically saying we're, um, they're, they're rewarding their team for what it is. I mean, it, it, chances are they aren't going to make the playoffs. They could now with this addition of Chikrin, but this isn't just a move to help them get to the playoffs this season. This is a long-term move. Now Chikrin has two years left on his deal after this. So he is going to be a major part of the team for the next two years at least. And a big problem with the Ottawa Senators this year, aside from Josh Norris missing a bunch of time, or or was it Batherson? One of those two. Um, their defense was kind of lacking. So they've made some moves on the back end, getting rid of Nikita Zaitsev finally. So that was a that's a good move. He wanted out anyway, so it's good to just move that out. He wanted out. So good job there. Um, shocked he made it in Ottawa as long as he did. We talked about that last episode, but wow. Uh, so it's a good move for Ottawa. I mean, uh, they paid a first round pick this year, which could potentially be 
I mean, that I doubt it's a lottery pick, but um, if Ottawa really starts to sink and they fall way down, that could be a top 10 pick. But Ottawa, at this point, they feel really good about the young players that they have. They have a whole bunch of them. They still have more young prospects that have yet to make it into the lineup or make big impacts in their lineup just yet. So... It's a, it's a thing that they're able to sacrifice. Now, it, maybe it's a little bit risky that they're sacrificing that pick this year, but maybe that's the cost that Arizona was looking for because the ask on Chikorin reportedly around the league was two first-round picks. So maybe, maybe Ottawa is saying that, hey, this first-round pick in 2023, our first-round pick, is worth at least two first-round picks from that team or that team that are offering it up because Ottawa's pick could, like I said, be a top 10 pick. So I think it's a, it's kind of a risky thing, but I mean, Chikrin, I mean, chances are Ottawa may not get a player of Chikrin's um, quality with that pick, or even if it is, it wouldn't be for a bit, right? So it makes sense for Ottawa. He fits in with their age group. I believe he's only 24 still or 25. Very good cost control deal. So they're able to move uh, to do more things, they could add more in the off season. So I like the move for Ottawa. Hopefully, Chikrin wasn't getting showcased um, in a really prominent way that Arizona was making him look a lot better than he is. So I like that addition there for Ottawa. The pi- the price is all right. I mean, I think Arizona. I mean, how many more freaking draft picks is Arizona going to get? They have, like, all the draft picks. It's absolutely insane. So, Jacob Chikrin is finally out of Arizona. He's going to be in Ottawa. I think the Ottawa Senators fans are probably pretty happy about that. And um, I'm a little bit jealous, I'm not going to lie. I really did think that that was my thought. I really thought that maybe with the addition of Eric Gustafson and the first-round picks that Dubas got, that could be used to maybe bring over a Jacob Chikrin to uh, to uh, Toronto. So it didn't happen. It's fine. And um, yeah, good on Ottawa. And then the Los Angeles Kings, they acquired the rights to goaltender Eric Portillo from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a third-round pick. So kind of a smart move for both teams here. So uh, he's an unsigned prospect from Buffalo. It's It was kind of known that he wasn't going to sign with Buffalo. So Buffalo recouping an asset instead of just having him walk for nothing. So smart move. It's too bad that he won't sign with Buffalo. But I think it's probably because uh, Buffalo has quite a few young goaltenders. So he, it's probably that he, he doesn't see a future for him there in Buffalo just because of the, the young depth there. So he, when you look over at LA, you know, they, they uh, just got rid of Jonathan quick. They uh, are waving their young goaltender in Peterson. So he, maybe he sees a window uh, or a chance more so over there in LA. So pretty decent move. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights acquire Teddy Bluger from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for defenseman Peter Delibet. Holy shit. Okay, hold on. Peter Deliberator. Deliberator. Wow, what a name. And a third round pick on top of that in 2024. So um, I know the hockey guy is a huge fan of Teddy Bluger. I. He talks about him all the time. I know him to be a very hard-working work, bottom six forward. So kind of a depth addition here for the Vegas Golden Knights. They like those hard-working guys. When, if they make it into the playoffs, I imagine he's going to make a pretty solid impact for them. So a decent pickup there for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know who this Peter Deliberator guy is, but a hell of a name and a third-round pick. I mean, a lot of talk around the league right now, especially with that temp, that massive Tampa Bay trade with Tanner Janot, uh, 
it's starting to make other GMs maybe question the value of draft picks. So we're starting to see a lot of draft picks getting tossed around, especially like late future draft picks. We're talking like three years from now, which isn't a common thing in the NHL. It's very common in the NBA and maybe in the minor leagues of like the lower uh, leagues in the in the hockey. I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, not too often in the NHL do teams give away picks that far in uh, in real life. I mean, the video games. Oh yeah, all the time. I'm trading as far as possible into the future. I don't care. But um, yeah, very interesting. A decent pickup, like I said, for Vegas right there. San Jose acquire forward Vladislav Nemestikov, Nemestikov from Tampa Bay. So he is out of Tampa Bay yet again. I don't think it worked that good for him this time around. Uh, but Tampa Bay acquire Michael Esamont. I believe he just got signed as well. So it, I, I'm guessing this is some sort of depth addition for them. I think Tampa Bay wants to use this player. Uh, Tampa Bay, they have really good pro scouts. So they probably see something in this Michael Esamont guy and something that they weren't getting out of Nemestenkinov. So an interesting move for them. I can't really say too much about that one. Pittsburgh make an interesting pickup here. So they're acquiring from the Nashville Predators, Michael Granlund. So he is getting uh, the Nashville Predators get a second round pick in the 2023 draft. So Pittsburgh is desperate for some offense that isn't from the top six of like uh, the usuals, you know, Malkin, Crosby, Gensel, like they need people to get goals that aren't those guys. Like Rust has been having a quiet season. Kapanen just got waived and claimed by St. Louis. So yeah, they're looking for someone to get some offensive things going. I mean, uh, Raquel has been pretty decent for them. That was a pretty solid pickup. They're, I imagine they're looking for something similar out of Grandland. I like Grandland, man. There was a lot of, um, I feel like, did, wasn't Mike, was Grandland a Leaf for a second? Did that happen? I can't 100% remember that one. Um, but I think Michael Granlund's a pretty solid player. Probably best suited on a third line, but can play uh, those probably second line minutes, which, I mean, isn't too bad. Let's take a look at Michael Granlund. I just really had to check and see if he actually did play for the Leafs. Nope, that never, that never happened. Okay, he was with Minnesota for the longest time. Then he was with Nashville for quite a while there. And now he's with Pittsburgh. So this season, he only has nine goals in 58 games, but 36 points overall. I mean, not too bad. He's never really been known for his goal scoring. He hasn't scored over 20 goals since 2017-18. So, you know, it's, it's an okay pickup for... Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I, I, they're begging for some offense over there. So Grandland has been known to get offense, just not that much goals. So we'll see how that goes for them. Quite interesting. Okay, uh, Boston Bruins. Oh boy, I, uh, they had a pretty big day. So the, a big day that made me upset. So they started off with acquiring forward Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a conditional first round pick in the 2024 draft, which I believe is top 10 or top 15 protected because very smart move right there because there's a good chance that the Bruins fall out of the playoffs, even though I said that last year and look at them now, but a much better chance that that actually happens next season. So they're protecting that pick. They're also giving up a fourth round pick at 25. So a very good pickup, I think, there for the Boston Bruins. I think he's going to get rejuvenated over there in Boston. He really just seems to fit that Boston mold. He's got, you know, he's got his chicklets missing. He can hit. He can, he can score. He just hasn't been scoring with Detroit. And Detroit's 
and kind of um, shedding off a little bit of the, I don't know, extra weight in contracts. And I imagine it's because they're expecting some of the younger players to start coming in and giving them bigger roles and stuff like that. So, yeah, the Leafs were uh, rumored to be in and around Bertuzzi, but they went off and made other moves when... It was apparent that you know Bertuzzi was on the table, then he came off the table, and now he was back on the table. The Bruins scoop him up. So, a nice pickup for them. And, I mean, Orlov, since they picked him up, he has been destroying on the blue line for the Bruins since they picked him up. And I know that well because I have Orlov in fantasy, and he has been just wrecking bitches. So, of course. So, I imagine that uh, this is going to be yet another good pickup for the Bruins. Arizona pick up forward Jacob Voracek, basically his contract, a sixth, a sixth round pick in 23 um, from the Blue Jackets in exchange for goaltender John Gillies. Um, basically just a stopgap goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets because they got rid of Corpus Allo. So but yeah, they're they're pretty much toast over there. At least Voracek is back. I just, I'm not sure if Voracek is going to play anymore. Or sorry, I guess Arizona acquires Voracek. But um, yeah, it's basically his contract. So a lot of people making jokes of the Arizona Coyotes that they can have like an all-star team of all the dead contracts that they've picked up over the past. Now they got Shea Weber, Dadzuk. Like it's ridiculous. They can make an all Chris Pronger. Like come on now, Arizona. It's ridiculous. They're basically in the league for these kind of things. Like teams can just drop off these kind of contracts onto Arizona because they're they're jeez, oh, god damn it arizona you're ridiculous speaking of ridiculous the vegas golden knights acquire goaltender jonathan quick from the columbus blue jackets from the columbus blue jackets in exchange for goaltender michael hutchinson and a seventh round pick in the 25 draft so um i do not know if jonathan quick is going to play for the for the golden knights there's a possibility he may all i know is that he was not going to play a game for the blue jackets he made that very clear so he's off to Vegas. They could use him. He could be used for Vegas. So we'll see if that's a team that he's willing to play for. Uh, interesting uh, move by the Kings there to kind of just drop weight with Jonathan Quick. Apparently, they tried very hard to try and move off of the Cal Peterson contract, but there was no buyers, no takers in the league. So the only goalie that they could move was Jonathan Quick. So sadly, he was going to have to be the sacrificial lamb. But, I mean, he's always going to be remembered for his amazing performances in 2012 and 2014, I believe. But, yeah, Jonathan Quick is no longer a member of the LA Kings. So, that is kind of insane. So, we're getting a lot of firsts. I mean, Patrick Kane is no longer a Chicago Blackhawk. And Jonathan Quick is no longer a member of the LA Kings. So, those era, that era of those champion teams are pretty much well long and dead nowadays. So, wow. Interesting. Interesting for sure. Minor trade between the Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres. Blackhawks acquire forward Anders Bjork from Buffalo in exchange for future considerations. So future considerations on the move yet again. Not really a big move at all for anybody. Oilers acquire forward Nick Bugstag from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for defenseman Michael Kesselring. And a third round pick in the 23 draft. So Edmonton adding some size down the middle there. So Bugstad is a very big center. I think he has some speed. He's moved around the league quite a bit. He stopped in there with Pittsburgh. He was okay. And um, yeah, it's a solid addition there for the Edmonton Oilers. They're just trying to add uh, a playoff body, I would imagine. He's big and strong. So that's a good playoff body to add for them. 
Uh, I'm not even going to bother talking about that trade. That's It's so minor, it's not even worth it. The Dallas Stars acquiring forward Max Domi and goalie Dylan Wells from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for goalie Anton Hudobin and a second round pick in the 25 draft. So Dallas making a move here. They are struggling mightily with their offense right now and three-on-three play. So Max Domi, I think, checks those boxes. Maybe... Not the best check, but I think it can help the Dallas Stars. So Max Domi was having quite a nice season over there with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, yeah, I think he could help the the Dallas Stars. Not only does he bring that offensive uh, abilities, but he's also kind of a, a little bit of a shit out there, right? So he's got that Domi blood in him. He's not out there fighting on the regular or anything, but... You know, he's a guy that could agitate you in a seven-game series. So uh, a pretty solid pickup right there for the Dallas Stars. And on top of that, they unload the contract of Anton Hudobin finally. So that helps him out a little bit. I mean, the Anton Hudobin run there for them just a few years ago, taking them to, I believe it was the third, was it not the Stanley Cup final? But um, yeah, Hudobin was a big part of that. And he had a great run. It just wasn't able to recapture that. He's always been kind of a backup goaltender but he had a really good run that time and um yeah now he's a part of the chicago blackhawks so woof, now they got anton hudobin and Mrazik. so just a hell of a goaltending tandem over there in chicago so uh yeah not a bad move for dallas it's gonna hopefully help out their their offensive uh thing right now St. Louis Blues making another pretty pretty good move, I think. So they're acquiring forward Jacob Verana from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for forward Dylan McLaughlin and a seventh-round pick in 25. So Detroit, I guess they've just fully given up on Verana. They're done with it. But St. Louis Blues taking on another uh, NHL guy that has some upside but kind of has been struggling with rather motivation or whatever it is. So a change of scenery for Verana, a change of scenery for Kapanen. Maybe with those two together, maybe they can form a bond and a grand old friendship and just start racking up 20 goals apiece. I can, I still see the 20 goal upside for Verana. I mean, Kapanen has done it before, so maybe he can find it again over there in St. Louis, which is in a way kind of becoming the land of uh, misfits over there with St. Louis. So I like that addition for them. They they give away Dylan McLaughlin. I don't know who that is in a seventh round pick, but can't be too much. But I, I'm good with that move with St. Louis. Pretty decent. And mostly, as far as I know, this is just a cap dump for Detroit. They just wanted to get out of that contract of Verona and St. Louis having that space right now. I like that move. It makes sense for both teams. New Jersey Devils acquiring some forward depth. They acquire Curtis Lazar from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a fourth-round pick in the 24 draft. So just straight up some depth there for the playoff run. Not a bad little player is Curtis Lazar. Philadelphia Flyers acquire forward Brendan Lemieux. Oh, God, is he ever going to be a great flyer if John Tortorella will play him? Uh, They also get a fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL Draft from L.A. in exchange for forward Zach McEwen. So, yeah, maybe L.A. here just getting uh, ahead of a more than likely a potential problem in a playoff run. Lemieux would more than likely get himself suspended and, and... put the Kings down in a game if he played in it. So they're probably just getting ahead of a problem, I would imagine. So uh, an okay move for them. Interesting for, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see Lemieux playing for the Flyers. That could be something. Uh, I'm not going to do that one. That's a very minor deal. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins acquiring forward Nick Benino from the San Jose Sharks in a three-team trade that also included the Montreal Canadiens. San Jose acquires undrafted 
draft choice defenseman Arvid Hendrickson, a conditional fifth pick in the 24 draft, a seventh round pick in 23 from Pittsburgh, and the Montreal Canadiens acquired defenseman Tony Sund in the fifth round pick in the 24 draft. So, a uh, big, uh, it sounds like a big trade, but it's mostly just to get the money to work and everything. Not a lot of big assets, you know, fourth round, seventh round picks. And it's just Nick Medina, Nick Benino. He had success with the Penguins before. And again, they're struggling for bottom six scoring. So another guy that he was a pretty good bottom six. He was with Phil Kessel back in the day, just wrecking teams when they're winning the cups. So Nick Benino coming back to Pittsburgh, a We'll see how that plays out for them. Pittsburgh is really trying hard to make it back into the playoffs, and they're navigating through some very tight waters when it comes to the cap. So a pretty decent job. We'll see if it pays off for them. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets acquire Vladislav Namastenkinov. He's on the move again from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a fourth-round pick in the 25 uh, NHL draft. So hopefully uh, Vladislav did not get on a plane to San Jose just to be told you're off to Winnipeg. So poor Vladislav. Uh, hopefully he can find a, a home in Winnipeg. Who knows? He's probably going to get traded again. That's too small of a trade to talk about. We don't care about that one. Ooh, here we go. The Calgary Flames acquire forward Dryden Hunt from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Radim Zahorna. So this is just a very minor trade. I very Just a depth trade. It may even just be an AHL trade. But it's between the, the Flames and the Leafs. So I had, to, I had to talk about it for a second. Buffalo Sabres acquiring forward Jordan Greenway from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a second-round pick in the 23 draft and a fifth-round pick in the 24 draft. So I kind of like this move a lot for the Buffalo Sabres. Jordan Greenway, he's uh, shown to be, he has the potential to be a good bottom six forward, power forward kind of guy. He's big and strong. He has some goal-scoring touch there. He could be like a... I don't know, like a 30, 40 point guy, maybe, maybe there's some top six potential there, but he just really kind of flamed out with the the Minnesota Wild this season, so maybe a rejuvenation in Buffalo could be really good for Greenway, I like the player, so I hope he finds his way back there and he can get some success in Buffalo. Minnesota is not done. They're very busy. They they acquire forward Oscar Sundquist from Detroit in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2023. So Minnesota doing the best that they can to kind of be in the playoff. They're like selling and buying at the same time. They're a really weird team. A very interesting job from Bill Guerin. We'll see how all this stuff works out for him. But he's acquiring some players that can help them maybe get into the playoffs but not spending too much, right? So uh, Guerin is doing what he can over there. Uh, that's too small. Pittsburgh Penguins acquired defenseman Dmitry Kulikov for Anaheim, uh, from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for forward Brock McGinn and a third-round pick in the 24 draft. I believe that Kulikov is also 50% retained, so Pittsburgh adding some some more help there in the back end. They really need some help on the blue line, so uh, Kulikov could help them out a little bit. I don't know how much that's going to move the needle, but it'll help enough. Brock McGinn already cleared waivers, so... I imagine the Ducks are going to use him. They're definitely going to use that third-round pick. So Pittsburgh selling off more and picking up more of what they can for the position that they're in. Uh, That one's a small pick. Uh, Interesting trade here from Nashville. So Nashville acquiring forward Rasmus Asplin from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a seventh-round pick in 2025. So I was to believe that Rasmus Asplin had some potential there, but... 
Uh, I guess all he was worth at this time was a seventh round pick in a 2025 draft. So basically nothing. So that could be an underratedly really good pickup for the Nashville Predators. We'll see how that one works out. I guess it just wasn't working out there in Buffalo for him. So hopefully it works out for him there in Nashville. Uh, that one's too small. Uh, Calgary Flames make a minor deal here. They acquire defenseman Troy Stetcher and forward Nick Ritchie from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for defenseman Connor Mackey and his brother, forward Brett Ritchie. So two brothers traded for each other for each other for the first time in NHL history, apparently. So Nick getting traded for Brett Ritchie. So two brothers switching spots. Uh, Nick Ritchie, I mean, he he on paper seems like a Daryl Sutter guy. Uh, Daryl Sutter apparently still has a job there in Calgary, so Nick Ritchie kind of fits the mold for that. He's uh, he's nah, he's fine. We'll see how that. I don't again not a trade that really moves the needle, but Calgary's doing something. But again, not really much of anything. And then the Minnesota Wild finish it off by acquiring defenseman John Klingberg from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Andre Sister and rights to forward Nikita Nesterenko and a fourth round pick in the 25 draft. So there it is. Um, pretty much everyone saw this coming the, the day that John Klingberg signed that deal with the Anaheim Ducks. One year, $7 million. No one expected the Ducks to be good they're even worse than people expected so yeah John Klingberg was pretty much guaranteed guaranteed to be on the move I like the pickup for Minnesota uh let's just check and see that there have to have been uh some retention on that as well uh da, 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 da. Yeah, fourth round pick unsigned traded uh natural offensive ability selected sister five Nestorenka Oscar oh they don't say anything about um retention but you would have to think because Anaheim has the money to do so and it's a one-year deal so it really doesn't matter but I like that pickup for Minnesota they're going to add some more offense there on the blue line even though recently it, it kind of seems that Minnesota has gone away with the fun exciting Minnesota that they were there for just a hot second and they kind of reverted back to that slow boring Minnesota game style that they've kind of been known for like they played the Leafs last week I didn't even talk about it because it was just a really boring game and um yeah, man. So that is all the trades that have happened up until um, this point that I'm recording. I will just reload everything and make sure that there's no other major things that have happened. And no, there are no more major trades or anything like that as of me just latest checking of the interweb. So that is all the trades that have happened at the deadline. So overall... Let's talk about the Maple Leafs and all their moves. Overall, I'm quite happy with the Leafs. Uh, the only thing that I was hoping for was rather they were going to pick up another big defenseman or forward and or possibly a goaltender but there weren't too many goalies out there I mean Vimelka was out there I don't know if he was available or not from the Arizona Coyotes so a lot of the next week's show is more than likely hopefully I'll be able to hear more about uh, trades that have fallen through the cracks that were close but didn't actually happen so hopefully we get to talk about more of those right now this podcast is mostly just to talk about the, everything that happened today and get it to you as fast as possible and a quick uh, analysis and reaction to all the trades because I was a little bit surprised by a few of them I mean the Vancouver one the Hirona trade was quite a like what the hell like I th again like you just you can never really get a gauge on Vancouver and what their plans are or what they're thinking up top because I, they go one way and then the next day they're going another way it's absolutely crazy must be infuriating to be a Canucks fan 
I mean, it was really quite funny to watch the hockey guy's reaction to that trade. He was just as baffled, and he's a life. He was. A, he's been a Vancouver fan since like the '80s. So yeah, it was quite funny to watch his reaction to that trade. Um, I was a little disappointed that the Leafs didn't make any. Like I said, a bigger trade on the deadline day. But I mean, Nolachari, I love that acquisition. That's really good. McCabe so far, I mean, waiting for him. I think we're going to see more of what he can do in the playoffs. That's where he's going to shine, I hope, anyway. that That's for sure. And I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, yeah, he's kind of cooled off offensively since the hat trick game. But he brings so much more to the team than just that. I mean, he's been winning basically every single faceoff. He's been pretty good defensively. I know that the Leafs have been, I don't know, not playing up to their abilities. They got absolutely smoked by the Edmonton Oilers the other night. They beat the Flames, but everybody beats the Flames nowadays. So, I mean, boom, there it is. There's my Flames burn for the week or, or day, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping that the Leafs would have done something with that first-round pick. It doesn't mean that they won't. It could – it's – he could still, Dubas could still do something with it at the trade deadline, but that means that the team is what the team is. Will Matthew Nice still make it up into this lineup at some point? I'm not sure, but overall, man, I feel like that Leafs Nation, Leaf fans around should be very happy with this trade deadline. I mean, Dubas didn't give up Matthew Nice. He didn't give up any of the major um, prospects that the Leafs have. They didn't give up any of the Finnish prospects. They didn't give up Nick Robertson. They actually were able to get a first round pick back in this draft. So we'll be able to see what Dubas is going to do with that first. He's more than likely going to do something with it. Rather, he's going to get a player or he's going to move it down and get a, a, a lower first round pick or a second and and you know what I mean? That's what he likes to do. He likes to get as much as he can out of, out of um out of their picks and I'm lately I've been very confident and feeling quite good with their drafting lately so um I feel confident that Dubas will be able to find another uh hopefully another Rasmus Sandin or even better with that pick because I am uh sad that Rasmus Sandin has gone and I still feel quite confident that he's gonna that one's going to come back and bite us a little bit uh, just in the in the long term, like I could see him being a quite an effective defenseman for Washington, at least the way that it looks for him over there. It looks he's going to have a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of defensemen over there, so it could be good for him over there. I wish Sandine the best. I am sad to see him go, but yes, I agree. He was a bit of a frustrating player. He was definitely in the doghouse with Sheldon Keefe. He was in and out of the lineup very consistently, and when he was given opportunities, he didn't he didn't run with the balls. So I'm I'm happy with Lilligren. You know, Lilligren has become a very solid defenseman, uh, someone that we can rely on for the most part. Uh, they just really got to figure out that Morgan Riley, who the fuck, like they got to figure out who's playing with this guy. And we know for sure it's not Justin Hall. He is the worst partner for Morgan Riley we've ever seen. Like, oh my God, give me Martin Marinson over Riley Hall. Like we cannot do it anymore. So I hope it's going to be McCabe. I was, I, I've always liked the, the Riley Brody pairing. I always thought that was good. Maybe it's Morgan Riley that needs the babysitting and not McCabe and stuff. So I don't know. The one that I'm most sure about is like, Geo and Lilligren. I really like that pairing, but maybe they try Morgan Riley and Lilligren. That could also work, but we know for sure, like, I, I feel like a little bit, the other thing is, I think Leaf Nation, Leaf fans around there are a little bit surprised that Justin Hall and or Kerfoot are still Leafs. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, Dubas made that deal with... Um, with Engvall uh, supposedly to keep Kerfoot because they really like Kerfoot. The bad, the thing about Kerfoot is that his contract's terrible, but he's a very effective, useful player, but just not 
that contract. So there's a good chance that Kerfoot is going to be convinced to stay at a much better price next season. We'll have to wait and see. But he is effective for a fourth liner. It just sucks that the price tag is what the price tag is. And everybody knows about Justin Hall and his ridiculousness. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would prefer him to be a depth defenseman at this point. I would much rather like to see what Luke Shen can do or Eric Gustafson over Justin Hall. Like, oh my God, dude. Like, him getting knocked out by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, not knocked out, but he got dummied. He got absolutely dummied by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And that was the best part of that game. I mean... Leafs got pummeled in that game, but so did Justin Hall. So that was really fun. Good on Nugent Hopkins for showing him what's up. But yeah, it kind of looks like Justin Hall was playing for his job a little bit in that game. He was throwing bigger hits than I've ever seen him hit uh, in my life. So it's like, I'm with Steve Dangle on that one. It's too little too late. Like we've watched him for 98% of the games. He's never thrown hits like that or gotten fights like that. So, no, that's not the real Justin Hall. That's Justin Hall trying to be like, oh, but I want to stay. So I feel like they're just going to use him as a playoff piece, and that could be very well the end of Justin Hall unless he signs a league minimum because that's all I feel he's probably worth at this point. If not, then see you later, pal, I hope. But he's just been a proven liability for the Leafs for numerous time and time again. So... Yeah, I just don't really see much use out of Justin Hall right now. I would rather Luke Shen. And it's kind of crazy that Luke Shen has um, that many points on Vancouver. So he has like over 20 points, which he hasn't done in a very long time. So good on Luke Shen. Can't wait to see him in a Leafs uniform. So that's awesome. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, I'm, uh, the rest of the teams in the trade deadline, I mean, a lot of people are really happy with what the Rangers did. I mean, they were, they were quite busy. They got... Um, Patrick Kane, obviously, they bring in him. They bring in Tarasenko, and they bring in more depth. So they're they're really a dangerous-looking team going into the playoffs. So, yeah, they're they're a very deep team. Shesterkin's really good, and Halak has come to life. So New Jersey gets the bell of the ball. They get the biggest uh, piece available, so everyone's liking that. And on top of that, they didn't even have to give up all that much. So, yes, it was a massive trade, and there was a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces uh, being moved back and forth, but I mean, the fact that Jersey has a lot of really good young prospects, and they didn't even have to give up a whole lot of them, or basically any of them, according to Devils fans, so they're quite happy about that one. Oh, oof. I thought my friend was breaking a new trade that just came in, but he was just showing me the, the John Klingberg trade. I've already seen it. Come on, Kyle, you're way behind, bro. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Rangers, I think, did a really good job. The New Jersey Devils, um, I mean, for the track record, not a lot of teams that take the biggest piece that's available at the deadline usually go on to do big damage. But at this point, it looks like a really smart move for the Devils. They're going to have control of him for at least the one year. They may have to pay him that one year $10 million qualifying offer. But more than likely, they're going to be able to keep him for a long-term deal. So adding in Timo Meyer to that squad is going to be really good for them. It's going to be a great fit, hopefully. And a lot of people are really happy about the Ottawa Senators. I like them adding in Chikrin. Makes a lot of sense for their team. They have a weaker blue line. They add in a young, solid top four, maybe top two. I would say more of a top four, really good top four defenseman in Jacob Chikrin. He could add in some offense. And yeah, he's going to really help out Thomas Shabbat over there. He's going to really help out that blue line. So a smart deal for Ottawa. They pay a big price, but... 
Um, honestly, I think Arizona could have gotten more if they were just willing to hang on to a little bit of that salary. A lot more teams could have uh, made some more tempting offers. But I think the Ottawa's did a really good job in adding him. I like that addition for them. So those are the teams that I think did really good. I mean, Nashville picking up just all of the draft picks, a whole draft class basically from Tampa Bay. Uh, really good kind of a final... Uh, hurrah from Poyle over there in Nashville going to be handing over the reins to Barry Trotz he's going to have a whole fuckload of, of assets to play with and kind of build up a team that he wants to build so he's going to have the assets to uh, to draft a team so that's gonna that's really really well done from Poyle and uh, yeah people like what Washington did St. Louis I like what St. Louis was doing I think picking up Kapanen for free is just a smart move like low risk I like them picking up Verana like it just looked like that relationship was over in Detroit. That could be a, an actual change of scenery. I know that term gets thrown out a lot, but uh, that one could actually work out. I can see that one working out quite well for Verona. I can see him getting back to a 25-goal score. Maybe he even gets to 30. There's a lot of opportunity there. Maybe he can hook up with a Riley Thomas. He's a very good passer, so there could be a, there could be some chemistry there for that. So I like what St. Louis was doing as well. I enjoyed that. So I think that's everything that we're going to talk about right now. I'm going to go more in-depth on, on uh, the trade deadline and winners and losers and stuff, and we'll really go into it more i guess if i didn't if if i feel like there's more to talk about but yeah i just wanted to get through all the trades for today but i would love to hear from you guys uh who do you think won the trade deadline who do you think sucked we'll talk about who sucked ass i guess in next week's um pod or i guess oh hold on now let's just see hold on now who do we well Philadelphia kind of dropped the fucking ball at the at the at the draft or the deadline here. They didn't trade away JVR. Um, I honestly, for a hot second there, it, it came through my mind that I thought maybe the Leafs were going to be in on Provorov. Possibly, it, it kind of seems like that relationship is ending with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and Provorov. But I mean, with that whole that would be kind of a PR nightmare, right? Bringing that guy into Toronto. I didn't actually think about that until just now, but eh, it was something that crossed my mind. I, I thought about Provorov. I was like, oh, I thought maybe he would be on the move this trade deadline. Not a lot of people talking about that, but I think maybe with that whole. Pride night thing that might have just killed like any potential of a team grabbing him at this point. I, maybe that wound would be too fresh or something. I don't know, but I don't think the Philadelphia Flyers did all that good of a job. I don't think Arizona did all that good of a job either, considering they could have gotten so much more. Man, like they have so much money to play around with. Like they could have easily taken on fifty percent of Chickren's contract and gotten the sun and the moon for him. They could have gotten like fucking three first round picks and like a good prospect, but. I, th- I think Ottawa, in a way, kind of fleeced them just a little bit. And, I mean, San Jose, I didn't expect them to move Eric Carlson. I just don't think that trade is in the books. Like, that's just way too big of a trade. Like, I'm a little bit surprised that they were able to get the Patrick Kane trade done with New York because that was that was that looked like a very difficult thing to do, and they were able to get it done in a pretty short timeline. So I think that was a really impressive job there by the Rangers. So that's why, again, why I'm giving them such a, a nice props and respect for how they did at the trade deadline. I mean... 
they did everything. I mean, <laughs> I really didn't expect them to get Patrick Kane as well. So they fuck, man. They crushed it. But yeah, I feel like Arizona could have done more. Like they could have potentially waited. Like Ottawa really. I think they just did really good with that one. So, yeah, again, I would love to hear from you guys what, uh, who do you think is the big winner? Who's the big loser of the trade deadline? You can throw a message at me on YouTube or you can throw one at me on Twitter. Or you can send an email. All those links are down below in the in the description box. So, that is the trade deadline for 2023. It was quite wild overall. Not the day itself, but the whole entire week was pretty banana. And yes, I am aware that David Pasternak signed a deal. I mean, it's nice to see the Bruins Bruins uh, pay a lot of money to someone for once. So, uh, yeah, so that ends that saga. Pasternak is going to be a lifelong Bruin. He's more than likely, he could go down as the greatest goal scorer in Bruins history. I, I, that could be in his future. We'll have to just wait and see. He's going to be there until he's at least 35. So, good for the Bruins. I mean, good for him. $11.25 million per season pretty fucking awesome i'd say for for one of the best goal scorers in the game and i don't see him slowing down so he's going to be probably one of the best goal scorers in the game for the next foreseeable future so good on for the bruins good for them and then uh, hopefully they lose in the first round in the playoffs so there it is thank you everybody for listening and again love to hear what you guys thought of the trade deadline what do you think about the leafs what do you think about the flames they really didn't do anything i'm surprised they even made that trade i was honestly expecting them to do absolutely zero and what the fuck do you think the canucks are doing because honestly, they I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. No one can get a gauge on that team. They're the most confusing organization ever, but I just love watching it. It's amazing. So we'll be back again with um, going to have the Wrestle cast on Saturday. We'll do the recap and then uh, Revolution AEW pay-per-view is on Sunday. So I'll have the review up and um, upload it as soon as I watch it and, and get that everything together. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a busy weekend for me and the podcast. So thanks everybody for listening and we will be back again soon.